consciousness, mindset, health, relationship, business. Welcome to the Aubrey Marcus Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Aubrey Marcus Podcast. I'm here with my man, Corey Allen. What's going on? We've <laughs> we've already we've already been talking about massively inappropriate things to start: sheep yeah. vaginas, frog skin, slippery newts, and hymen wallets. And what's the and most, <laughs> the most, most important most... development that we came up with? <laughs> Kidney stone engagement rings. Yes, sir. Yeah, to really show. to prove how how much you're willing to sacrifice for your lady (laughs) eight carrots so you ate shit that's what i'm saying and no farmed out you know third world Mm -mm, no blood diamond (laughs) (laughs) that is the blood diamond that's the new blood diamond it's a whole new context on that term (laughs) you gotta make your own (laughs) (laughs) i need to look you in the eyes as you pass it you just have the setting all made and it just comes out fresh and you just curl the, you just curl the soft metal over it with the with the bloody bits of yeah, your urethra wanna, you don't want to clean it no you got to get that you got to keep that urethra on it totally you know that's what that's what makes it that's what makes it good well that's how it can also be tested to show that it's authentic <laughs> yeah you, know, you got your dna totally it's dna coded it is because you know like in in uh you know like really patristic countries where if they you know some Middle Eastern countries where if a woman isn't a virgin, whatever the, you know, they're married to whoever they're going to get married to, then they can be killed because they're they're supposed to keep their virginity. I read this awful book called Saharasia that was about, you know, all the general mutilation and weird patrism and stuff around the world. Anyway, so I love, <laughs> I love this. One of the things I love about like the human species, <laughs> I hope you spit green juice all over that shirt. By the way, one of the one of the things I love about the what, human a, spe- what, what, a, what a segue to something horrible. We're like just laughing, <laughs> just go straight to genital mutilation. Appreciate hey, that, man. Corey. That's just how that's, that's how the world is, Aubrey. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> one of, you know, one of the things I love about civilization, just humans in general, is <laughs> Anytime there's like this pressure that builds, you know, in whatever society that's going on at the time, there's always a resistance. Mm-hmm. That's why, like Japan, why there is the more structured they are, the crazier the resistance is. So you look at like their culture is super, super structured, everyone's blah, blah, blah. But then, like, the underbelly of it, the art scene, the nightlife is like totally crazy. There's like people, right? It's like, oh, I play a saxophone with a knife in my mouth and swing a giant, you know, uh, chain with a five pound weight around it. My neck, yeah, the whole and time. use panty vending machines, <clears throat> oh, yeah, and like. Butthole. They have they have places where you can go and they have a butthole eating menu, where they have a picture of a girl and just her ass is sticking out of a wall. <laughs> you just look at the picture. You choose which one you want and you go up and you eat her ass. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That reminds me of I got. So anyway, I love the the resistance. There's always some resistance. So in those uh, in that book, it talked about how you know these young women that were being forced to marry these guys that. Uh, basically like they weren't they weren't a virgin and it was they could still be virgins but whenever the dude came to like have sex with them after they got married if there was no blood they would still kill them even if they're virgins and like you know the hymen can break of course you know and i think often does yeah prior to sex so these old ladies like started this this blood underground thing they would get sheep skin like uh intestines and stuff and like kind of make it really thin and then put like 
goat or lamb blood in there, tie like it off, du- and then like they would w- stick w- it up. WWE style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like little blood packets. Exactly. Stick it up in there. And like that's pretty awesome in the sense that not what's happening, but it just shows that there is always you yeah, know, innovation. a response. Lando, that is real, right? There are blood packets for WWE, or do they really just cut themselves with like yeah. razors and shit? I think they cut themselves real now these But there used to be like little blood packets that they'd sometimes hide. It's always been razors. It's always been razors. That's so I think gangsters. Gigi Allen really missed his calling, man. He should have. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend that played bass for Gigi Allen, one t- and he Who's said, "Gigi Allen, he's like the craziest punk rocker of all time." He and would, he would cut himself. And oh shit. yeah, the, that's the intro. That's the warm up for the show. He would get on stage, <clears throat> cut himself. He would shit on the stage, roll in his own shit, you know, eat it and like throw up and eat it and stuff. He was just a mess. He ended up killing himself. <laughs> he had AIDS. Anyway, um, <laughs> he had AIDS as well. I mean, he's just you know awful, awful, but very entertaining person. Uh, so a friend of mine played bass for him for a tour like in the 80s and he was like yeah it was pretty terrible but the one day that he was like flopping around his own shit and it landed on my bass I was like I'm done here <laughs> you know <laughs> I thought this would be crazy but it turns out I'm not that crazy yeah there's a certain level where it's just uh it's just highlighting something that's a little bit broken yeah I think that the very very tip of everything I just described <laughs> is where that level begins <laughs> that's that's the tipping point right there yeah but uh yeah man so so let's see back to the uh the Japanese <laughs> so tell me more tell me more about these so this it's a menu with just an ass on it <laughs> well so no it's like a, it's like a buffet but they have the picture of the they have the picture of the chick supposedly, but you don't even know. You don't know what face is actually on the other side of the wall because all that's hanging out of the wall. Oh, it's, is a, the so ass. it's a real ass. It's a real there. ass with a real hole. How many of them do you think are actually women? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how quickly can you start to see some nuts? I mean, I imagine like. The, the, yeah. the perineum gets pretty small. The Japanese there. are very crafty, <laughs> and they're also very soft. You know, Wouldn't that be soft? That would be a, Japanese. They love doing those game shows where they have like three chicks and like one's your mother, right. and you like have to go down. <laughs> you do like Russian roulette where you like go down on one, and you <laughs> and you hope it's not your mom. Oh, they love that God. kind of like psychological. Yeah, they you know. sure do. It's they a, sure do. <laughs> people's sex around the world is so weird. It's something I talk to people about a lot. Like. I had uh, I had some friends in town, comedians. It was actually Brendan and Brian, and they were talking about how there was this dad who wanted to bring his like thirteen year old kid into the show, and they're like, "No, no way! You know, this is this is adults only." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Listen, motherfuckers, that that kid has a phone, and he's going home, and he's on fucking he has a phone and a penis. He has a phone <laughs> and a penis. Do you know what that means? Yeah, Do you know what that means?" That means there is nothing that motherfucker hasn't seen. Totally. He is on YouPorn, UJ, he's on all the sites every fucking night. Yeah. You know, like, and people are people are just pretending like that's not the norm. And there hasn't been anything that's come in to replace that. Like, there's been nothing to replace actual sex education mm-hmm. from what people are learning in porn. Like, yeah, you can get some tips from porn, but it is a biased thing. It's like, I'm yeah. going to be the greatest MMA fighter all the time, except I'm only going to watch World Star Hip Hop right. <laughs> to, to, fig- to figure out how to do that. Like, it's fine. Like, watch World Star. Cool. But yeah. 
you know, if you're actually going to learn the art, you better, you know, learn from somebody who's actually trying to show you something. Right, or better yet, like, learn from experience. Learn from experience, sitting in your bedroom being like, the more I watch, the more badass I become. it's weird. (laughs) I'm not training at all. (laughs) Just the more, I know it, man. I can just feel how badass I am. (laughs) I could totally do that. But then another, like, I'm starting to see these weird ramifications where, like, so many people in their 20s, like, full of testosterone, people killing it in the gym, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll talk, we'll have, you know, talks where we get real. And so many of them are so insecure about their performance in bed that they're actually having like serious sexual performance problems in their like 20s and teens. That's so weird. And it's it's this weird culture that's developing now that's like, you know, I think proliferated by this just kind of porn, slightly from porn Mm -hmm. culture, slightly from like, a little bit of the, like the hip hop pop culture sure, was saying sure. like if you don't fuck your girl right, yeah. I'm gonna fuck her instead. You know this idea totally. that if you can't perform in bed, you're not a man. Maybe you're gay. Like yeah. maybe all of this <laughs> yeah, other probably. shit that's going around probably in people's head. <laughs> and it's like it's shocking. You know, it's shocking how prevalent that's become. And I don't and I don't think people are really addressing it. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that people are talking about it's not something we're trying to remedy we're just trying to say oh yeah porn a couple people say yeah you know porn you know it's not good but there's no like real action plan of you're not going to get rid of porn it's right. not like abstinence is not an option and it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be that's rid not, of, it's not yeah. to be gotten rid of you just have to counterbalance it like totally if we're going to live in a world with emfs well then walk fucking barefoot outside it's, we're never going to cancel it out you're never going to insulate yourself totally. and live in a bubble you know you just have to find the counterbalance yeah totally i mean and it just all the expectations that like our culture especially sets up for younger people is insane. And that's yeah. why I think podcasts are so cool is because they can kind of sometimes, not this one, but other podcasts, they can get like information where, you know, it might actually help them kind of learn and grow and, yeah. and you know, and uh, maybe answer some of those questions. And also like let, you know, older people who are in their you know 40s or 50s or whatever that are doing podcasts and stuff, it'll help people kind of whenever they say, hey, you know, this is the image of what, you know, uh, life is like, but then here's the reality and here's what I have, my experiences and that have been kind of, yeah. I think that seems to be where, you know, people probably yeah. are getting help because that of, helps with that. Well, shit, let me try to fucking help right now. Cause there's probably some people listening. Cause I fucking hear it all the time. All right. Plan a really learn. If you're a dude, I, I mean, I don't know, you know, girls have their own thing, but I'm, I'm going to talk to the, talk to the men out there. Plan A, really learn how to eat great pussy. <laughs> like that is like a huge one for plan A, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're really great at that and then you can knock out that first orgasm just with your mouth, really the pressure's mostly off at right. that point, right? Because you got a largely warmed up and satisfied woman. And almost every girl I've met is definitely multi-orgasm. It's not like a man where the first time they come, you know they're not going to come again so right. you, so you knock that one out you get that you get that under your belt and then from there worst case she already had an orgasm cuz you were amazing at going mm-hmm. down on her and you know i've heard these girls tell stories and that's always like if you're really good at that you know no matter what else happens after that it's still like ah oh, cool yeah it's like you know i think that guys seem to think that the rules of what they're in their mind that their desire is only applies to them as far as what they want it's like, well, women want pleasure too. And you, you know, like 
being a caveman, you're just this like, you know, you're, you're this like old tree log that came to life and is just like, you know, very barbarically just slumping away at this, at this female. And it's like, you know, because the, because the organs themselves are so different, you know, like yeah. the sensitivity and delicateness of a female body versus the, like the man body is so utilitarian and stupid and easy yeah. that, it, you know, it, and so, yeah, like they want the pleasure as well. They yeah. also like, so you know, whenever a man climaxes, there's a receipt, you know, <laughs> but with a woman, a woman oftentimes is not. So it's like, you know, often, you know, you maybe talk to them, ask them how they're so feeling. You're saying your ask whorehouses them. give receipts? Well, <laughs> well, well yeah, it, it's billed on your credit card <laughs> or something else <laughs> on it labs, you know, <laughs> well, how dare you, Corey? Did you just call my institution a whorehouse? Yeah, it was O-N-I-T. Oh, okay. So it's, it's in it. In yeah, it. <laughs> in it labs. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that thing about actually communicating with your partner yeah. and like asking them what they want, what feels good and all, well, so I think or skip the communication because they want you to eat their pussy. Right. So that's right. like, like, you know, that. I mean, I meant like during, during the process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Opening up, not being so shy and asking with like a little authority in your voice, like timidity is definitely going to dry up the reservoir. You don't, you don't sure. think you can pout your way into a nice <laughs> no, romantic evening? Not usually. <laughs> not usually. You can't mouse your way in. You got to be strong into strong the couch, stay, arms yeah. crossed, head down. <laughs> For sure, and then all right. So that's that's plan A. You get that on it, and then really, it's all about it's all about reaching that flow state in that present moment, <laughs> man. Yeah. That's that's the fucking yep. key. Like a performance in anything, like surfing, fucking basketball, karate, whatever you jujitsu, whatever you're doing, you got to get in flow state where you're just e- anchoring yourself to the yeah, <laughs> anchor yourself to the present moment. Pay attention to the smells and the sounds and. And don't get lost in your head about what's going to happen. And don't worry. Another thing I hear women complaining about all the time is like, the, especially the first time they have sex with somebody, he tries to be hero and just right. like, just, yeah, pile smack, just yeah. pile drive. And that's like part of the result of porn. People, you know, yeah, right. watch that and like, that's right. what they, that's what they, that they not only do they want that, that's what they need. You know? it's like, <laughs> and there no. is, there is a time when they're asking for that, but right. you just got to pay attention to it. You can't just. And perhaps it's something that you ramp up to, not just like, <laughs> right. you know, all right, just start it off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah man just anchor to the present and then totally fucking forgive yourself like realize you're not the only person you're not gay you're not like not a man if right. things don't go right like that's, yeah shit that's, doesn't that, that's, shit doesn't go so right stupid. it's cool i think the whole like you know are you a man or not thing is is so fucking dumb you know people get so like <clears throat> i've never really been I've never really thought about that really i just kind of like i'm a weird <laughs> alien they just do whatever you know <laughs> right do whatever do but you know, I hear people talk about that whole problem dealing with the, the manhood issue. And maybe it's because my dad wasn't around. So I had to kind of like, there was no question. It was like, all right, you just better figure this world out for right. yourself. Mr. So you kind of had like a forced rite of passage. But I think that's another one of the things that's missing is we have no actual rite of passage where men, you know, boys feel like they're a man. Like there's yeah. no crucible by which they can pass and test their test their metal and test their will totally and then overcome something and then be welcomed into the tribe of manhood like there's nothing like that that exists really in our culture and it existed in every tribal culture and most other cultures um but now it's all the all the rituals are empty like bar mitzvahs Mm -hmm. like they're hollow now the recitation of some verses that everybody forgets like two months after they're done and then you do a little dance party and 
you know that's it it's sort of like i've been i've been kind of like on this war path recently with the quote-unquote spiritual movement uh, and uh, good <laughs> trying to eviscerate the bullshit from from said movement yeah and uh yeah you know it's like there's so i think i was talking to hamilton Souther, you know and he mentions he put it in a way that was really great was like people in our culture are using the words to describe what like spirituality or awareness means but they don't understand the concepts and i think that it applies to that situation too it's like with those things like in a bar mitzvah or whatever these faux rite of passages we have like graduating high school i guess is some too or college what have you is it's like yeah, you you're using all the words, but the concept and the meaning isn't there because right. meaning is like meaning and reality is what you create. Like the meaning of life is life itself, and meaning in your life is what you create through your actions and your subjective, you know, yeah. perception of what your life is. And so to have those rites of passage, it's like, man, wouldn't it be beautiful if you could come up with you like maybe there's a little thing that's laid out by your family or like your whatever part of you, how your community fits together or how you fit in it rather but it's like come up with your own rite of passage totally and that's where like that's where actual power and like ritual and ceremony comes from because then you made it you're connected to it so therefore it's powerful yeah i sure as shit will with my kids if i ever you know end up having actual kids then yeah. for sure <laughs> as opposed to all these these weird flipper babies <laughs> and spitting out. If i have some actual kids if i have an actual human my backyard kid. is saturated with the rotting corpses of my of flipper pretend, babies uh, of pretend kids yeah. <laughs> um yeah, for sure, man. And that's part of this kind of some part between vision quest and, you know, trials of solitude, like staying out in the land for a few days mm-hmm. by yourself. And, you know, some of these, there's a lot of things that you can put together. I've actually thought about, you know, working together with some people to host like a retreat where that was based on that rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's something that's really interesting to me because I think that would be really valuable. And I think the psychedelic experience obviously has a really powerful way of doing that forcing you to confront your deepest fears you know it's like somehow some way or another you have to face an ordeal in a rite of passage you have to come face to face with what you're made of and sports do a pretty good job of that war obviously does a really good Mm -hmm. job of that and that's why i think one of the appeals of so many people becoming soldiers is like we crave that we crave the testing of like man what it what's in here like what do i have in here i remember you know i trained martial arts my whole life and some part of me was like a little bit weird because I'd never actually gotten into a fight. Like I've had mm-hmm. confrontations, but that I'm, I'm really good too, at right? diffusing. Yeah. I had older brothers and never actually, but it never, never came into a fight. Like mm, okay. scuffles. Like we never, I never actually like balled my fist and said, let's, let's go. Even it's though some, I trained it's some nice brothers. <laughs> yeah. Even though they were old enough. And my stepdad <laughs> my was the, the fucking monster. Yeah. For years. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyways, there's this weird thing where like, some part of me like wasn't quite sure like mm-hmm. what would happen if yeah. I'm like really even though I've trained and blah 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 so I was training because it wasn't seeming to happen because I, I don't like to street fight I tend to defuse those <laughs> that's situations a good, that's a good thing <laughs> possible. nice work but uh but yeah so I was training for I was training for an MMA fight because I was like I gotta do this at some point which was stupid because the training actually was way more damaging than right. any, yeah. kind of, any kind of actual right. fight I would ever get in but anyways in the training I got in that street fight and then that was like finally this box that i could check where mm-hmm. i was like okay if someone goes after my girl i'm gonna respond in this yeah. way and like, at least i know that thing about myself yeah. now you know but, but before it was like a weird question 
I'm not saying that everybody has to fight, but there's just certain boxes that have to get kind of checked, I think, for a man to really be kind of comfortable in his manhood. Right. It's like, and it doesn't, maybe even fighting doesn't have to be violent per se. No. But it can be like, what, how are you whenever the shit goes down? Like, right. What do you like under pressure? And that's how you figure out who you are. It's the same thing with like, I, you know, it's not like a, a force thing, but whenever you have a friend that's going through like a really tough time, yeah. You know, or, or if you're going through a tough time, the people that will talk to you about it and like check on you and make sure you're all good, that's how you know who your real friends are. Man. Yeah. And it's the same. That's kind of like a, you know, a different type of, of cultural examination. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, I've had experiences like that too, where in life where it's like you kind of like black out and then come back to after some crazy extreme experience and you're like, all right, I think I did. I think it's sweet. <laughs> now I know that if that happens again, you know, I'm yeah. going to be all good. Yeah. I react very well <laughs> to the pressure and stress. And, and I've seen, I've been around like special people who have like the, an instinct that's even superior to others, like the hero instinct. Mm-hmm. Like my friend Roger Huerta was like that. He was an MMA fighter. In situations where shit was like shit happened and, and the instinct is to freeze. Like I remember, it's not like a totally serious event, but... We were at we were at this house party and there was a set up they set up like a tall stripper pole mm-hmm. in the house party, right? And this girl, this girl that was a great idea. This girl climbs yeah. to the top, right? And she's swinging around and then the as she's swinging, the base becomes of unstable. It, of course it does. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So the base becomes unstable. And it was totally in slow motion, right? Yeah. We could tell that the thing was like tipping over. And there was eight people around. And and all of us were just like Oh <laughs> no! And he just like out of the only one to move just goes up, reaches up, and just grabs it. Nice. And I was like, "Oh man, how about that instinct?" Like Dude. it's just weird. Like in situations, and I guess like my stepfather was on the SWAT team, and he mm-hmm. talks about that. You have to train, or like Tim Kenny, you have to train that impulse to to take action when shit goes because right. your instinct is to freeze. Like I remember another story. I was in Australia, and this dude was trying to do a trick where he was lighting. I guess he knew how to light Bundaberg rum from the nozzle, and then it would go out by the time it hit his mouth, and that was his trick. So wonderful, wonderful showing. <laughs> what a nice so, showing that, that so, guy has. So he tried it, but it was with overproof rum. So it was like 110 proof rum instead of the normal 60 proof rum. Uh-huh. So are you, are you telling me a gentleman, <laughs> a, a gentleman who's who's offering to to the world is lighting rum and having it go out before it falls in his mouth? Did not have the foresight to check the, and make sure that the rum that he was selecting for this trick was appropriate. Nope. Interesting. That's, that's exactly what I'm telling you, Corey. Interesting. So anyways, he lights the overproof rum, and the overproof rum is coming out of the bottle. Does not go out. <laughs> so, it, so I shower myself in fire. Yeah, his mouth fills with flames. He spits it out, and then the flames get oh all God. over his face. So it was like straight up Hellraiser. Like his face, like his quick, face, put on this leather jacket. His face was on fire, right? Dude. So we're in the kitchen. There's five people around. Most of his like close friends. He was just kind of an acquaintance, friends with some of my other friends, Trey. So, so there was there was a couple good options. Option A would have been to grab a towel and put it mm-hmm. over his face. There was the towel. There was like a dish towel. Yeah. Option B, which is what I chose, was I turned the faucet on. Yeah. And I just started like splashing water at his face. Right. Not the best option. I don't think it actually helped at all. And he's like running around. And option C was to do absolutely nothing, which is what everybody else did. Right. Was just like, ah, your face is on fire. Yeah. It's a funny fucking thing, man. It really is. It really is, man. I found myself like in a multitude of those situations 
particularly whenever I was younger. And my reaction, I always like, I don't know, I always had like the Matrix reaction to it. Not to, you know, not to sound like that guy, but yeah. I always had a really calm, like, you know, just, well, this is happening now. And so what will happen next is like this. <laughs> right. As opposed to being like, ah, Right. Know? But I think that it's probably, I think, you know, meditation probably has a lot to sure. help in that situation. Because really what it is, of course, is it's like, your reptilian and mammalian brain take over in a situation like that and you just turn into a panicking animal yeah you know but if you have like obviously the you know the lower parts of the brain are the launch pad for higher consciousness so if you work backwards you work on your higher consciousness and thusly you will begin to control your you know reptilian part of your mind and so therefore whenever those things happens you can just be like all right that's already like programmed yeah. to be a present yeah, be present and then instead of getting bowled over by the that, moment. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. And I, and I think you know different situations can create different things. Like emotionally charged reactions mm -hmm. are a different type of situation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that spins people up. I tend to get really calm and like very focused in those. Murderous. Yeah, I tend, tend to yeah, start right. sharpening knives. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, and then that's why I think conflict resolution is something that comes really easy to me because I can like not get aroused by other people's emotions. Unless yeah. Some people have the ability to <laughs> arouse well, my emotions, you yeah. know, triggers and things. But, uh, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. But that's I think such an important part of life is putting yourself in disadvantageous positions and seeing how you respond, and then learning from those, and then you know just <clears throat> forgiving yourself for anything that goes wrong. Like, yeah, maybe you didn't react right in the fight situation, or maybe someone insulted you and you wished you would have had something good to say. Like, mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up about right, it. You right. know, just be like, oh, okay. You know, maybe I didn't respond like Cyrano de Bergerac that time. <laughs> But next time, I will eviscerate him with my rapier wit. I'll have my quill ready. <laughs> yeah, And I'll exactly. write the most brutal taunt he's ever heard in his life. It's and I'll seal that up on a scroll, <laughs> deliver that shit right with to that him. that invective, will yeah. cut him to the quick. <laughs> slice you to pieces with my quill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Funny, man. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, that, that stuff is... You know, if anyone's under the illusion that if you fuck up in a situation like that and you're the only guy or the only person on this planet that's ever faltered or had a problem in that, whatever that situation is and whatever the context of that thing is, you're sorely mistaken. Yeah. Like, we are all just stupid. You're your biggest hero. The, yeah. you know, you're, you're, the idol you can think of has probably done way dumber shit and responded <laughs> way worse than you could ever imagine. Right. You know? But that's one of the things that, like, that sometimes those type of failures make somebody great. Yeah, you know, because totally. you can you you got to see the bottom in order to know how high the top is. Sometimes you know, it's just and, about your attitude upon upon it happening. Like it can either cause this trauma that puts you in a shell. Like I never, I'm so afraid of that thing yeah. that you fear it. You fear it even more, so you're even more paralyzed. Totally. Or if you choose that option of like, huh, huh, that was funny. My my human reacted weird <laughs> yeah. in that situation. Let's try and transcend that on the other side. That's how I think. Oh, the human is acting weird right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, you better better go get this human tuned up. Really quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just that's that's just the way to look at it. People people they get too attached to that identity of who they are and defending this certain identity. I'm tough. I'm a right. great lover. I'm this. And you, ha you feel like you have to defend it when all of that is just nonsense. You're just you. Yeah, you and know, it's the ego feeding thing. Where it's like, I'm tough. It's like, is that right? Yeah. Have you, have, have you gone to West Africa? Yeah. <laughs> How tough are you now? 
yeah. I've watched a lot of MMA, <laughs> fight, not the not the prelims or anything, but I've watched the title, a lot of the title fights. Totally, you know. Uh, and man, I I'm pretty I'm pretty, pretty badass. <laughs> that, you know, that's the, I, to, use, I use the Tim Kennedy analogy all the time because he's perhaps the toughest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, like Delta Force sniper, tip of the spear, top five yeah. ranked UFC <laughs> fighter. So bare hands, guns, knives, whatever. And he comes into the gym in silly little yoga shorts mm-hmm. and a big old smile. And he's like the the happiest, calmest, you know, person person ever, just kind of cruising around. And he never tries to act tough. Never totally. makes anybody feel like intimidated or shows off his, you know, toughness to anybody. Totally. Like because he's it. And he's, then that's like intellectually shit. too, you know. Like that was yeah. man, whenever I was younger. Oh boy. You know, that's like that thing of people who hit the gym all the time. And they walk around like, you know, bowed up and tough and whatever, yeah. bumping into people on purpose in a bar or whatever, just to try and start some shit. Well, I did that intellectually whenever sure. I was younger, you know, sure. it was like I had the, you know, like a muscle head. I was like a muscle brain walking around trying to show everyone <laughs> how I could, you know, slice and dice and, you know, show everyone how, how smart I thought I was, Yeah, you know, until, you know, you experience things where you, you realize you're not as smart as you think you are and also you're just being an asshole and it's mm. defensive really if you boil it down it's the defense mechanism because yeah. if every person you meet that you show them how tough you are or how smart you are obviously you're not comfortable with yourself and so yeah, you're trying you're to trying to trying to build yeah. that build that identity up totally you know one thing i've been kind of playing with is the i this concept that so in in this spiritual movement mm-hmm. you know so many people talk about finding themselves right and it's like, it sounds like a good idea, like find yourself. But really, a lot of that is just replacing one identity with another identity. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way to actually find yourself. You are yourself. Right. You're just yourself expressing in myriad different yeah. different functions. And I, you know, I think it was spurred a little bit from this, <clears throat> from I was reading the Toltec Art of Life and Death, Don Miguel Ruiz's books, one of the, mm-hmm. you know, the masters that I really learn a lot from. And he had some guy come to him and talk to him. And this guy was, um, this guy used to make everybody laugh. And that was kind of his thing, right? And he was coming, he's like, you know, I don't know who I am. I just feel like I'm a clown that makes everybody laugh. And Don Miguel says, well, it's not good that you make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. Like, you are you. Like, stop worrying about yeah. whether you, who you are really at the core. I'm this, I'm that. All of those are just identity games. You are you. At this point, you're making people laugh. At this point, you're sitting quietly in contemplation. At this point, you're eating. At this point, you're fucking. Like, identify with the force, not the identity. Right. You know, and that's like, that's so huge. I think that's one of those like core fundamental principles. Like, don't just replace your identity as this thing with your identity as this new spiritual or other thing. Like, just be the force. Do what you want to do. Like, be, you know, movement and action embodied. Totally. Totally. That's like that that, uh, from Middle Eastern... Uh, kind of folklore the Nazardine character where he's like the you know a real goofball right and he's just kind of like his bumblingness is what you know was kind of his it's like Schwanza in the Tao mm-hmm. you know and he's running around you know all over saying where's my donkey where's my donkey you know <laughs> running around running around running around and uh, all all over all the villages and the whole time it's on top of his head you know it's like the very thing that you're running around looking for is just like boom it's right there and that's like that's what it is when people self-identify it's like people i think because in a western culture specifically we are taught to in order to obtain something you need to purchase it or you need to grasp it to have it you need to have the object it's like i have some books by authors that are signed that are like really really just 
you know, unbelievable. And sometimes I, you know, it, I'll think about how funny it is that I just have those sitting on the shelf. It's like, I got it. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. It's like, so, okay. You know? <laughs> and so it's, it's like, we just have to, you know, you just release the fact that like what you are, you know, is, is what you are. And like, you are a lot of things. Yeah. Right. And then with the, especially with the spiritual thing that I've been dealing with lately, by the way, I was talking to Raghu Marcus a couple of days ago, the guy that is the head of the Ram Dass foundation. Mm-hmm. And I asked him what, he word he used instead of spiritual because i've been asking that to people recently you know because i'm just curious and he was just like uh you know i don't really have one and you know we, we kind of talked about the being locked in semantic constructs with words like god and love and yeah and stuff like that and and uh, spiritual uh, i asked daniele Bellelli that as well you know and, and he said spiritual opposed to what and i was like i love you <laughs> 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 yeah, and so um yeah but you know one of the things that i'll find is that people will <clears throat> and you can look at it like where you know where's the net gain and the, the net loss in this and that's definitely something else to be deconstructed but people look at the first person that they observe that is what they identify as like quote-unquote spiritualness and like an awakened mind is they start emulating that thing because they're like oh that's what awakeness is so if it's you know, Tainat Hun or Alan Watts or Chogam Trungpa or whoever it is, they're like, that's what it means to be, you know, mm-hmm. awake. And so they start talking like that. They start sitting like that. They start using the same kind of uh, metaphors and language and all that stuff. And you get extreme cases. Like sometimes whenever I see, you know, people wearing, you know, like Tibetan monks, you know, eating in a, a cafe on Congress or something, wearing the full robe and all that stuff, I'm kind of like, you don't, don't got to wear that robe. It's not like super cool. Yeah. You, you don't yeah, get superpowers yeah, yeah. from wearing the costume, man. You know, yeah. or it's like. Uh, it's uh, again, it's an, it's an identity thing. Exactly. Or it's you like know. people that talk about, well, you know, in order to be, you know, I just have my mala beads in the grocery store while I'm, you know, looking, buying groceries, just saying rom, 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 rom over. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I think you're missing the point. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, unless the grocery is really stressful for you, really, really, unless you're Whole Foods downtown <laughs> on six six, that's a stressful place. Yeah, <laughs> I could see it there. Agoraphobia. But yeah, it's like you're getting so lost in the in the method. You're getting so yeah. lost in the the idea, and it's a subjective idea to begin with. Yeah. Instead of getting down to the nuts and bolts of what all of that should actually mean. Yeah. The mimicry is is something that I have a real issue with. Like, that's I'm going to Burning Man for the first time this year, but my cool. initial exposure to like it, these like burning man parties yeah. is slightly horrifying right yeah because what i see is like people wearing the burning man costume but not embodying it in their heart yeah again like, that's that's the, like no, they're in using the, the fucking words. straps and the leathers and the steampunk and the uh-huh. fucking unicorns are everywhere but like you're looking at them you're like what the fuck man like you're wearing the costume but you're not like bringing that presence to bear, whereas someone in fucking jeans and a shitty t-shirt can like really well, convey. It's, Tim, it's Tim Kennedy. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's exactly. the same thing exactly. with, with spirituality. And it's like, you know, that, that's like with Alan Watts. He's one of the huge figures. I like to use him as an example because they're like, oh, well, he's like one of the baddest dudes ever. His books changed my life. It's like, yeah, he is. And you know what he was doing whenever he wasn't writing those books? He was begging all the wives of the guys that were at his seminars, and he was hammered like you know, 24-7. Like there's some, and, and that's not bad. Like that's just, I mean, people got hurt and that's, that's yeah. bad, but that's just, that's what he was. Yeah. But he was also this other awesome thing, you know? And it's like, so that awakened mind, that spirituality thing, you know, in, I mean, Chogyam Trumpa was the same way. He yeah. was hammered all the time trying to get orgies going on <laughs> and like, you know, 
burning people's belongings and stuff, but still, you know, he was still also working with the nuts and bolts. That's like one end of the spectrum of what some of that stuff is. Yeah. You know, as, as far as like, you, you don't have to be, uh, you know, like a, on a sounds true recording, you know, you don't have to sound and, like that, you know, in order to be, have some of this information. Exactly. And anybody who's trying to, who's being your mentor or teacher or healer or whatever, who's trying to tell you to do that is, uh, is being parasitic. Totally. You know, like <clears throat> anybody saying, Oh, you have to act like this or do the same thing, or only I can teach you this or only I can heal you. You know, like I've really become aware of some of the, you know, parasitic nature of a lot of even healers and different people like oh, yeah. the healers that that you know there can be a, a you know a healer that says you know come to me and i'll heal you and that's like okay if they're actually really doing a good job you know it's like but that's still only the base level yeah. like a really good healer like a master is always gonna you know show you how to heal yourself mm -hmm. like so and then like the real mystics are always going to remind you that you're already whole Right. You know, like that's the that's the hierarchy. And and so often you'll see these kind of base level parasites that are gathering followers, be like me, think like me, yeah. do like me, you know, and then you'll have salvation or, you know, come to me and I'll absolve you of your sins mm -hmm. and I'll, you know, you have this ghost and I'll free you of right. this ghost, but only I can do that. And I've seen yeah. that happen. I've seen of people course. close to me like get locked in these paradigms and, and it happens in the medicine space, you know, mm -hmm. where like you know i've seen it in so many different cultures like oh well i have this special crystal and i'll do this extraction <laughs> of this dark energy and maybe one day when you're a master you know after you pay a hundred thousand right. dollars through all my totally. courses you can trick other fucking people in the, yeah, in the spiritual ponzi, of spirituality ponzi, yeah, ponzi scheme bullshit <laughs> yeah. you know like every, like that's uh you know truly at, at the fucking base level yeah it, there's a lot of that you know parasitic behavior and, and that's part of like in uh dealing with something that's intangible you're going to get that because you can't hold it you know and so you're going to get these vampiric people that come around but that's like the the secrets of, i joke about the secrets of mind right like the secret <laughs> one of the secrets of mind is that is that as you said you're already there you're already yeah, whole totally. you're already awake and completely you know like enlightenment isn't a isn't a, is a thing to obtain it's a direction right so you're already there and we're born into a completely awakened state. But the fact is that when we go through life, all this shit gets packed into us and we start clinging and holding all this stuff. And we get further separated from what we really are based on our experience and culture and position. And the thing is not grasping. The thing is releasing. Yeah. The thing is unpacking all that shit and getting open and getting negative space again. So you can actually think and, and be and be aware, you know, so it's all like letting go is the, and it's counterintuitive to people who think that you have to buy stump something or buy you know whatever to obtain a result. It's like no, you're already there. You have to just l get over and let go of all your shit to yep. get the result. And the lighter you are, the easier you float. Right? Yeah, totally. It's like we're made out of memory foam. And all of these aspects of the world are just like compressing upon us, and we're getting these weird contorted shapes, you know. And we think that it's part of us, but it's really just contorting our actual shape. He gave me this weird image of like, like an MMA fight, and the dude like the Anderson Silva leg, you know, bam. And when it breaks, like instead of a bone coming out, just some of that green foam. Yeah, totally. It's like, memory foam. Yeah. And it's like, oh fuck, you gotta so fucking stuff. get some get some stuffing, some string and a needle. Good combination of semen and blood will clear, clear that memory foam right up. That's what I do with the mattresses. 
<laughs> Quick, make, get some baking soda, nice, some salt, <laughs> some semen and blood. It make, makes it coagulant. You know? yeah. <laughs> Fix his memory foam every time. <laughs> Especially if a sprinkle of feces, a sprinkle of feces in there. There is some weird voodoo going on in your house. <laughs> I need a, I need a chicken bone, a wolf eye, a newt heart. You know? <laughs> let, let me put my menstrual blood clot mala beads on. <laughs> yeah, go get specimen thirty six out of the deep freezer. <laughs> all right you want to drop this idea on everybody yeah man do it so <clears throat> Corey and i are throwing around um putting together a duo podcast where we go out and talk to other people bullshit with each other um separate from our own podcast is one idea or maybe combined forces is another idea but uh we love talking and hanging on the podcast we know we get that feedback from you guys so for those of you listening, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think of the idea. A third podcast, is that too many podcasts? Or would that be rad? Or should we just try and collaborate more on each of our own podcasts? Yeah. Or um, whatever y'all think. Yeah, what do you want? You want guest appearances? You yeah. Want, you want us to guest on each other's with other people? Yeah. You want us to be our own? You want? Do you hate both of our podcasts? <laughs> Why are you listening to this right now? What is going on? Explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you make it to minute 46 yeah. with just so, sheer hate? I fucking hate yeah. these guys. These stupid pricks. Someone's using it to Fuck trade them. in the gym. It's like, dude, you're sparring at like 95% like, right now. What's up? Just replacing <laughs> Pantera in their headphones. <laughs> fucking hate these guys. Dude, I meant to tell you, last time we were talking about Panteras, I've seen them live like six or seven times. Yeah. So rad. Amazing. So, I mean, So some dude came up out of the stands and just knifed one of the guys. Shot right? Dimebag, yeah. Shot, shot him. him. Yeah, pretty brutal. That's savage. Not, especially hey. his brother on drums, you know, saw it. Like, seeing your brother get shot in front of you while you're playing is, that's unbelievable. That's super Poor intense. Poor guy. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Um, and what happened to Prince? He died. <laughs> you don't know? You don't know through the musical um, either? What I do mean, you think? from what I've kind of, what I've read is basically he was, there's a lot of, you know, it's like, you get all this hearsay. Sheila E. <laughs> says that, who I guess was a friend of his, said that um, he had this like hip replacement, uh, I guess, a while back or some surgery like that. Yeah. So he was taking like Percocets and, or Oxycontin or something like that. And, yeah. And then he was on that flight, you know, that was like 48 minutes from landing his, on his private jet, of course, mm-hmm. 48 minutes from landing uh, at his home, you know, his home airport, whatever he's got. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure he's got some purple. It's all purple lights, guys with purple velvet uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. lights waving people sure in. Just hot ass yeah. bitches, afros. Yeah, yeah. And so um, the velvet runway, you know, just, just glides. <laughs> he's got right no in. wheels on his yeah. jet. <laughs> just slides right in. So you know they diverted the flight, and so because they said he had the flu. And so I don't know what's up with that. And then unfortunately, yeah, it you don't like divert they, the flight for the flu. Yeah, especially 48 minutes away from being at home. Yeah. And then they said that they found him in an elevator, basically just dead in a, an elevator in his own house, which that's pretty dope to have an elevator in your house. Right. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, it, sound, it seems like he kind of a drug overdose from opiate overdose. Man, it's those rock stars are just that hard living. They're like flames that burn out a little early. Yeah. Yeah, Prince was one of the first earlier things that I heard, like growing up. Yeah, you know, I, it was my, my my mom listened to Prince. Prince, Prince, and Michael, man. Yeah, oh yeah, Prince, Michael Jackson, you know, uh, Elton John, 
all that stuff. You know, Elton's, Elton's still rocking it, dude. He's. I was actually just talking about this. Is like, you know, David Bowie's dying, Prince died, and all, all all this. And I'm like, man, I think the Elton John is going to be around for like another 150 yeah. years. That dude There's a couple is that make so it, like badass. Steven Tyler, Mick Jagger. Yeah, you know, yeah. like a couple make it out. And you're like, what's what's different? I, I think I think the Grim Reaper is too scared to <laughs> to approach Elton John. Him is all puffy in his tracksuit, all <laughs> coke to the gills, still probably. And, you know, we don't know that. That's yeah, hearsay. We don't know that. Here's say allegedly coke to the gills I, I think he's probably off the blow now but but man he's still got the attitude and yeah. he takes no shit from anybody that's awesome man, is he awesome well shit man it's good talking with yeah. you as always my brother we did it let did us it. know what do you guys think hell yeah and uh please follow Corey's podcast he's got awesome guests the astral it's, it's hustle awesome. the it's astral hustle really weird <laughs> we'd expect no less and sign up he'll be selling his own blood clots i will be there. selling my own blood clots soon yeah it's great Aubrey's, Aubrey's on there oh yeah that's bone coming. spurs that's coming pieces of cory yeah, gonna, own a real bits of cory i'm gonna go i'm taking some calcium powder as soon as i get home <laughs> high doses for years yeah that's also a quick on it ad Aubrey just gave me some of this MCT oil. As oh, a person shit, who drinks a his body weight in, in coffee every day, this is delicious. Yeah, man. I love it. Thank you for that. You're welcome. It's awesome. Brother. Check it out. The strawberry in the coffee is a weird idea, but when you actually do it in practice, it's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So you have to even can't go wrong. Yeah, strawberry emulsified MCT. And for all you ketogenic dieters out there, it's all keto approved. You're nice. all set to go. Nice. Keep those ketones flowing, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. much love, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. I'd like to acknowledge the company that is the expression of so many things I love, onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com, and also wearspace.com with two S's, putting out some really dope clothes and supporting my favorite charities. Lastly, please check out my blog, aubreymarcus.com, for the latest in all the ventures happening in my world. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend, leave a review, and let's make this positivity contagious. Thanks for tuning in.